Hello, our listeners. Welcome to another But What Would Law Sing podcast episode. Today, we are going to have a follow up on our last episode, which was on about UK universities' coronavirus response. So, if you haven't listened to it yet, just go about it and give it a listen. It's really important to raise awareness within these issues so that we can have a collective response to this and we can have resilience of um, lowering our fees. Um, other than that, today we're going to um, have a follow-up on the larger scope of the coronavirus response as a UK and as a population. And then we're going to um, give you an update on our university response. So this is Nosha speaking. I am here today with Pragya. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and today we are going to first start the podcast with talking about University of Leeds, very recent um, mm-hmm. university, um, pardon, coronavirus response. So what did you think of the response, Pragya? Well, <laughs> Nosha. What did they say? <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> firstly so after months of waiting on the university you know they finally decided to give us a response um just a couple of days ago wherein they finally decided and just a disclaimer so this is for the law school specifically um and they decided that they would obviously keep all lectures online as they had earlier but additionally as we were told before that seminars could potentially be in person now they've decided to shift those online as well. And the university, even though this seems like a very decent response and completely justified, the university did leave us in the blue by saying that we will have these things online, but we could have them in person as well. But at the same time, you know, we'll have online equivalents where needed. Now, to me, Nasha, personally, reading this response, I was yet again baffled as to what I should do. Do I need to go? Do I need to stay? Yeah. Because even though they're saying that, okay, we'll have online provisions where necessary, they also went to say that we could have things in person as well. And I don't know if you remember, yeah. but they also did say in the email that we'd have um, extracurriculars. Now, I don't know what they yes. mean by extracurriculars, because most of extracurriculars that we've had thus far involved a lot of you know, open day with firms or a lot of negotiation competitions, debate competitions, and all of that has yes. been happening in person. So yeah. well, how and like, how are they going to transfer all of this online is beyond me. What do you think? Um, I mean, what I think is it's important to, you know, um, see that this message they have given, like the way you interpret it, has can be interpreted in many other ways i mean when you see yeah i mean when you see the message and information the letter they have sent out it's so vague and you can literally interpret it in a way that you want it to be interpreted and i'm just thinking that you know they still haven't given us really good answer and they have said on the letter saying well we are going to do this but we have to, you know, like acknowledge that we are not, you know, um, distance learning university. Yeah. Therefore, we are going to have some sort of, you know, extracurricular stuff and everything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, that just made me think they're just trying to justify their 9K full on 9K or, you know, full on 18K for international students to pay because they're saying, look, you're going to pay the full amount because we are not distance, you know, distance learning university. Yeah. But, 
whatever whatever they are saying is uh distance learning universities um you know um like features where they are saying everything is going to go online in terms of lectures so that is what you know distance learning university is they are talking about seminars being online again that's what distance you know learning universities exactly, are exactly and they're talking about we're going to do extracurricular and it's going to be dependent on the coronavirus uh, you know coronavirus um rates at the moment in the university Again, um, I'm sure there are, you know, open universities or, you know, ex, you know, distance learning universities who do have opportunities like these. Again, this is, um, this is just a, you know, Jay just trying to clarify and justify the full amount of fee we're going to pay. And they're trying to say, look, you can't come in and say an individual, you can't ask for an individual refund because um we are not distance learning university so uh, what i'm just gonna say is just you know um slap in the face <laughs> in terms of such a bad response it was such a late response it was mm. i remember you were saying oh no i'm sure it's good they're gonna you know tell us something new information on monday and they're giving it on friday haven't they yeah i mean to be honest Nasha, very after, late friday yeah after so many months of wait that monday to friday didn't bother me as much as it should have because we've already been waiting for yeah. so so long but yeah, yeah but i mean it, yeah it's it's a bit bad faith isn't it they have literally post this letter on friday at very late in the evening I remember People are not going I was, to be able to. Yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, I was with my parents for dinner, and, and at the dinner table, my phone just you know rings because. By the way, guys, yeah. there's a time difference. Don't. don't I wasn't very <laughs> late to dinner, but yeah, I mean, oh, I never. <laughs> it was. No, it was her. very late in the evening. It was. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I was a bit, you know, um, I don't know. I had my suspicions in the terms of you know, or are they doing this because they don't want to respond immediately? Or they want to see the responses within, you know, they're going to get in, in the weekend and they can have some sort of, you know, response um, written during the weekend. So I don't know. I was a bit suspicious about that. Maybe. But yeah, universal response. Yeah. But then um, we were last, I mean, I would like to clarify one thing um, from the last podcast because I had a chance to talk to a researcher from um, University of Cambridge my neighbor she's a researcher there and we were talking about the you know cambridge university's response because last last on our last podcast we were praising them because of the not because of the quality of the um you know information they were giving but because of the you know how quick they were yeah they were that. so prompt with their response and it was just downright yeah, this is it and that's it yeah but then um when i was talking with um the researcher um she was saying that this is only University of Cambridge's um, respond and this is only related with the lectures so when it comes to seminars tutorials or any workshops they're going to do is down to individual colleges responses okay so, so their response is not Cambridge wide then per se it, it still comes down to each school and how they want to go about it exactly yeah the on the response they've given is only for the lectures so for the you know very large mass teaching places that's only it but when it comes to seminars when it comes to workshops those kind of you know a bit more smaller group teaching they are to be you know um, regulated and they are to be decided 
um, by the individual colleges themselves. I mean, it might be different, you know, from one college to another college, maybe, you know, change to college, they will say like, well, we're going to go ahead with, you know, physical teaching and another college will be like, well, we're not sure, mate. I mean, we'll just, you know, take yeah. our time. So that's why apparently there are some colleges that they haven't decided what they're going to do. Um, they're in the you know, same dilemma as University of Leeds School of Law. Um, so um, I would just like to clarify that um, they, there are, you know, University of Cambridge response is this still um flawed <laughs> in that sense but yeah just wanted to clarify that yeah the no, recent I mean, you know information we got it is important and I feel like that's something that all universities have kind of taken on you know like the response we've gotten for the law school it, it, it's not the same as yeah. the response the engineering departments have gotten for instance because they've been told that okay your lab classes like are still going to happen in person so a couple of my mates have already booked their tickets back you know yeah and, and yeah that's the same with the law school, on the yeah. other hand, it just feels like the response is very, today we're going to have online learning, tomorrow we might not, so you should be ready for that. And that's just, it's, I mean, it just increases that degree of uncertainty, you know, because... Definitely, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean for people who are on campus... what do you want us to do? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what I was gonna, just going to say, you know, for people on campus, it's still easier to kind of show up for lessons one day and not the next day. For me as an international student whose parents are very reluctant on sending her back, uh, I don't know when yeah. I sh whether I should book my tickets in the first place and yeah. whether, like, for what time I should, you know, book them for. Because if I go there and it's all online, then, you know, it would have, it would have been for waste. At the same time, if I don't go and come November, say, for instance, they decide that, okay, we're going to keep things in person now, then I yeah. would also feel bad because, you know, I have lessons going on and there are students attending, but I'm still at home. Exactly. That's another thing, isn't it? I mean, okay, so our university has said, even though the physical teaching will go ahead, they will always have an like, online alternative for it, which is really good, as in seminars. Mm. And um, because, you know, there are people who are, you know, overseas or there are people who are in local lockdown or there are people on, you know, lockdown in the countries they are living in. So they're yeah. not going to be able to come to the physical teaching. So the university has said, okay, we're going to, you know, provide you with alternative online teaching. However, there comes this. So the person, like you said, who is, you know, already living in the, in, in the UK, non, you know, local lockdown area or the people who are living in Leeds, they are going to be able to go to that physical teaching and they're going to get a much, much better quality teaching than those will in, you know, local lockdown areas or people who are, you know, yeah. in international, um, you know, seas. So that comes to it, like, why do they have to pay the same amount of money for the product they are getting very differently? Exactly. It's just... Uh, not fair at all I mean if you're in you know like you are in Dubai and if you were to I mean let's say I'm in Leicester and I can't even just go for it you know I mean it just takes me like two <laughs> hours to go to Leeds and I can just go for two hours get exactly. a seminar and come back and I will have a proper one-to-one one-to-one -one teaching or with the, you know, extracurricular, um, you know, stuff we are, they're going to do. I don't even have to live in, you know, Leeds. I just can go there and just come back to my house the next day. But with you, you have to do it online. You, you don't have that, you know, chance to yeah. do it. Yeah. But and you're and going to pay that... twice as much as oh, I do. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get very, you know, like, the, you know, the half of the quality I'm getting. 
so it's not fair yeah and i mean that's not what you know i was we're like we're paying that fee for even you nasha i mean regardless there it is an amount and you know there are yeah. people who really struggle to make that amount and and to pay and to get that university experience and it just yeah. almost feels like we're being robbed of all of that you know there's been absolutely no reduction from the university on their part in fees and i just want to you know kind of nasha address the broader picture here when it comes to the government there hasn't been any sort of um aid on their part either whether it be at monetary aid or any sort of like action plan some advice or some some procedure that universities should follow there's been no sort of help in that sense as well they've all that they've gone to say is that universities are you know they're autonomous beings and they can decide on doing what they see best so each university is is left to its own to kind of decide. yeah when a one I mean, when one sector is giving such mass um, gatherings or is, you know, planning on very important materials to the society, I mean, university education is, the, you know, one of the most important things in society. Government should be able to regulate it uh, in a circumstances like national emergency, like, you know, pandemic. So I don't understand how a government, um, you know, doing this furlough scheme doing you know helping out the employers employees but not caring about university so i just don't understand their you know mind of setting saying oh but universities they're autonomous but they were they were quick to say you know or don't open you know last like mass gatherings which is university is at the end it's it's a mass gathering at the end isn't it so i yeah so yeah my conclusion would be you know um government should they have to not should they have to give some sort of guidance to the university to follow so that you know we have one monotonous um information from each university so it doesn't differ from you know nottingham university to manchester manchester to london london to leeds so we are all you know staying together all wales welsh and you know um scottish universities but i'm guessing they are far much better than <laughs> far much better off than us but yeah yeah i mean just to kind of you know side with the government just just to say that yeah i do understand them coming from this position of okay we're going to leave each university to come up with their own procedures it's understandable some universities receive much more funding some not enough some have a greater proportion yeah. of international students as opposed to others some universities are in areas of high coronavirus cases whereas some yeah. have, have lower ones okay fine all of that is completely understandable but at least i mean the least a university could uh, sorry the government could do for universities is provide some sort of some strategy or some plan that they that is in conjunction with the government policies as opposed to leaving universities guessing almost because i mean we're we're in a position as students wherein we're not sure what to do i'm sure the universities when they're looking towards the government they're in that similar sort of position they don't know what to do so if yeah. the government was to devise some sort of plan some strategy some 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 course of action that they intend on taking and provide the university with similar guidance which is in conjunction with that i'm sure it would clear things up far more than it has yeah i mean we're talking about a government which had really late response to you know coronavirus yeah, which had very poor um response to coronavirus and um, so i, I mean I'm not surprised they're not, you know, doing the 
you know, they're not taking the reasonable steps they should be taking when it comes to universities, you know, response, and they should help with universities. I mean, these are the government that we have in power right now in the UK. They couldn't find money to feed off like kids who were going hungry in, you know, um, in, you know, schools. So they, we couldn't, you know, find literally money to pay off lunch boxes for the kids in summer. Yeah. And a footballer had to come and say this is wrong and start a campaign. And now we finally have found the money magically. Um, <laughs> like it was already, it was always there. We just didn't want to use them. Exactly. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, so we had that. But when it comes to this new scheme, Eat Out, um, Help the Economy, some sort of scheme like that. It's just a scheme where from Monday to Wednesday, you can go out and eat um food outside but you have to eat it inside of the restaurant and and the prices are reduced don't they yeah the government will um pay half of your bill amazing so we have money for that we have money to give mcdonald's for you know half of the bill of what you're eating but we didn't have money to feed off starving kids like, yeah, not starving that's a bit dramatic but you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah no I completely understand and it's just you know regardless of of where that money goes I'm sure the government right now can find many many more uses for that money as opposed to just you know giving money to Nando's and McDonald's to reduce their prices like that money could yeah. easily be given to universities that money could be given to the NHS that money should you know as you mentioned could be given to kids who are kind of deprived right now yeah, exactly. They could they could target this money towards towards um, you know uh, people who like we spoke about furlough schemes. So it could yeah. be used to kind of help those people out because I, I read this really interesting thing the other day that despite you know uh, like people who are receiving these schemes, despite having eighty percent of their wages being paid, um, yeah. they're still they're still risking their lives and stepping out of their houses to you know go back to work because employers are promising them extra money. Now, the, the, the thing that this, to me, when I see this kind of thing, it just goes to show how desperate the people are, you know, and how stripped they are of cash and that they're willing to take these extra steps to go out of their house, risk their lives just so that they can get more money. Don't you think this kind of money would be better used in helping these sort of people out? I mean, of course they would. I mean, we, we are talking about, you know, go, you know, the money going to very large corporations who some of them who are already doing better in coronavirus, yeah. giving money to them instead of giving money, you know, to vulnerable people, to an institution, which is education institution, um, universities, who in back in the time, like, you know, four years ago, they had the 1.2% of the GDP. They were, you know, responsible for that. And we still, you know, choose to help large corporations, like, you know, instead of, people who are actually needed institutions who actually needed to nhs to nurses to you know um yeah, yeah. like people who are fighting for us exactly um yeah so horrible the situation i mean even local businesses yeah. if they were to go and you know help those people out so that just goes yeah. to show then Marcia, that you know as a government the uk has been really um inadequate in its response from very i mean yeah late policies like just recently yesterday august 8th they decided that we're going to make 
face mask compulsory in indoor settings as well and charge a fine if people don't follow. Like, yeah. I'm sure the country would have benefited greatly from this kind of response way back in March and April when, you know, the tensions were just rising. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not, it's not just the government. Like, I mean, it's the government who, you know, has spread lies um, saying, oh, you know, face masks, they don't work, don't use it. They literally said, really? you know, yeah, I mean, back in the time they were, you know, in March, they were saying like, you don't have to use face masks because like, um, I mean, seemingly Asian um, population, they were using face masks okay. and people were looking down at them because they were like, oh, they, that doesn't even work. And I remember back in the time when I was saying, you know, oh, well, I think, you know, we should get face masks as well. And I remember my friends saying like, oh, like they were bullying. They were saying like, oh, like <laughs> oh, no. you're not Asian. That's an Asian thing to do. And they were saying, you know, that doesn't even work. Like having, don't you read the scientific researches? That doesn't work. But now, as of now, right now it's compulsory to wear a face mask within the, you know, shops, within the indoors. And, you know, anything reasonable to wear, you have to wear it, you know, in transportation and those kind of stuff. So the, you can see the government has been so inconsistent with their, you know, respond to it. And they had smear campaign to face masks and now they're in desperately need face masks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that, uh, you know, the racial dimension that this sort of kind of... Yeah. Uh, the situation has, be it the people's response or the government's response. Do you think, Nasha, that there's then this kind of racial or, or be it like a political divide that it comes to, you know, the UK's coronavirus strategy? I think your question can be answered in a way, I mean, if you were to look at local lockdown and where, where they have been implemented, you can, you know, find an answer there. You see that, you know, um, you know, cities like the one that I'm living in Leicester, we have local lockdown. But when you check the neighbourhoods within the Leicester, there are some neighbours that neighbourhoods that they are doing far much better than the average UK, but they're in local lockdown. Or you just go just a bit more to Oridby, you seeing that they are exactly the same with, you know, average of, you know, look, um, you know, Leicester. And you see that some of the, you know, neighbourhoods, mm. some of the bits, they're in worse than some of the bits in Leicester, but they are out of lockdown. They are in, you know, they are out of local lockdown. They're still in lockdown, UK lockdown, but they are in national lockdown, not local lockdown. And you see that they are... Um, I mean, their MP is a Tory MP. <laughs> and oh, our Leicester, there it is. <laughs> uh, uh, exactly, our mayor. It's, our mayor is Labour. Um, okay. uh, we have three MPs. They're all, um, less, uh, they're all from Labour Party. And they have been pressuring the government the same amount of pressure. The, um, I think Neil... I'm going to say his name wrong. I met with the guy. I feel horrible. <laughs> but yeah, Neil. I think Neil... <laughs> Neil Morgan, I'm not sure. Neil, and MP. Um, Neil, I think. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, Anyone knows uh, a Neil in the audience? Please reach out to please. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he has been pressuring the same amount of Peter Salisbury, our mayor, has been doing. But mm. he has gotten, you know, a uh, response from the government while we didn't. So right. I'm just saying this is just, you know, um, class-wise, you know, um, motivated is you know Tory to um Labour and when you said the racial you know um some sort of motivation yeah. in those kind of response you see from just you know search up the beaches 
in south search up Bournemouth search out you know um like or let it be you know I don't know um Cornwall or you know Brighton you see the beaches are full of white people like it's full of them yeah yeah, it's like people are like trolling them on social media for going out to beaches you know yeah global pandemic like what's up with that Exactly. I mean, they are risking, not, not only they are risking their, you know, lives, they are risking our lives as well. And they are, you know, uh, making this enduring time even more enduring. And you check that, you know, people are going to beaches when there's going to be a heat wave. And, you know, heat wave is going to happen when, you know, just to check the weather app. So I don't know if Boris Johnson doesn't have a weather app or something. <laughs> But he's not, you know, giving the appropriate action once to the beaches that he knows when the heat wave comes, it's going to happen. You know, the overflood and the, uh, you know, overpopulation in the beaches. He's not doing anything to that. But he knows, uh, you know, after, you know, it happened and after it, he knows the Muslim population, they are going to, you know, go into their houses and do, um, I mean, it's wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's wrong. But white people are doing the same thing maybe you know at a larger expense but um he is quick to you know put a local lockdown to those kind of areas like Bradford, Wakefield you know in north those kind of areas or Luton so I'm seeing if you know Eid is going to cause this and you know I mean it is it, he is right to you know put sanction not sanction sorry yeah, no, see, put some sort of you know I mean Eid is yeah. a festival so you will have social gatherings it's kind of a given and I think that's yeah. why, you know, the government's response is justified in that sense. They're trying to curb large gatherings. But if you're yeah. going to introduce a local lockdown in a town like Bradford, just, uh, you know, a couple of days before Eid, you're clearly only doing that because you feel like, you know, Eid is going to be a problem to say for when it comes to social distancing norms. Why yeah. can't you then introduce similar policies in areas such as Brighton and Cornwall with these beaches where people are packed in much large numbers as opposed to the, the small social gatherings that people will have in Eid. The problem yeah, isn't exactly. a lockdown. The problem is uh, pinpointing that lockdown on a certain community or on a certain town just because of, of the religious population that lives there. You know, if you're yeah, going exactly. to have a lockdown, have it just, there should be like a generic rule. Lockdown in places with large gatherings. And no one's going to have any problems with it, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, heat wave is coming. You're 100% sure the you know beaches they're going to be flooded so like do the same have the same you know initiate initiation and have the same you know sort of like a will to um, put a local lockdown into these you know cities with beaches than just to you know um mostly heavily exactly. muslim populated areas it's just it shows that they have an racist agenda they're going on about they are classes they are racist and they are not afraid to show it that's the thing they are not afraid to you know back up a person who will um you know tear down the lockdown rules but Mm -hmm. still because if he if he's a tory they were like oh no 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 it's good he had a reasonable reasoning and then they will go on about it like we see it in dominic cummings i mean when you check dominic cummings um all right so when you check or dominic cummings Mm -hmm. He had literally gone to Durham and when the local, I mean, pardon, the lockdown rules were saying, you can't do that. But they were saying, oh no, he had a reasonable, um, you know, reasoning to go there. But then because of that, people said, wait, 
what wait I, I thought the rules were rules i didn't know we could interpret it in such ways and then the start people started having you know this confusion over the rules yeah there's Although now, more uncertainty isn't there yes exactly i mean that's called coming's effect um <laughs> what is happening is um they have stretched the rules too much now people don't care about the rules because they didn't put the rules um, into place when it happened to their friends, when it happened to their top advisor. Mm. And, you know, instead of, you know, letting them for like letting Dominic coming to for public to tear down, they have decided to choose. Oh, no, he was right. He had a reasonable thing to do. So, so if you are Tory, if you're a friend of a Tory, if you <laughs> are a top advisor to Dominic, uh, pardon, um, Boris Johnson, you, there is no rules for you there is one yeah. rule for the elite elite and there is one rule for the rest of us so obviously when we see the rule doesn't apply to elite the rest of us they're not going to care about it yeah so then i guess to conclude it just shows that you know government has been very inconsistent when it comes to its response be it um, yeah because of different class reasons because of different uh, religious group reasons whatever it is you know it there's the response has been very lackluster they've been late they've been inadequate and that can then only be reflected in, in government institutions and other institutions such as universities, which is our focal point, you know? Yeah. And no, hundred percent. Yeah. You're and and right. then just taking these strong measures, although late, you know, I, I feel like, yes, it can still create an impact, but for sure, definitely. I mean, the, the, the government's mode of approach in this situation should have been prevention is better than cure as opposed to trying yeah. to now, you know, kind of pacify the situation or to do do the best they can, their damage control. Yeah. I mean, literally in the UK, we've tried herd immunity. What, what the hell was that? We've tried it and um, now we are, you know, trying to save as much as life possible now, but it's too little, too late, like you mentioned. Like, mm -hmm. it's too late and too much of, you know, lack of a response. And like literally yesterday... New Zealand or was it today I don't know I'm not sure yes, yeah, today, I saw they that. have yeah celebrated 100th day yeah exactly 100th days without you know any coronavirus spike or anything like that so That's you so see amazing. you know what a caring prime minister can do to a you know nation with Jacinda and you can mm. see how much of a non-caring prime minister <laughs> like Boris Johnson can you know damage a country there I has been you know non-caring you've chosen like the kindest word possible <laughs> Yeah, because non-caring <laughs> means letting people, it's or his own people die. I mean, we're all living in together in the UK and um, you cannot let anyone die. I mean, this is yeah. not what, you know, this is not what we thought. You can't leave anyone behind. You can't say, oh, herd immunity, we're going to try this. But while we knew that meant, you know, letting people die. Exactly. I mean, no, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I'm an immigrant in the UK and I have more respect to a British, you know, um, citizen than our British Prime Minister because I wouldn't, you know, um, breach any sort of rules that is going to, you know, damage people at large. Mm -hmm. So that shows that. So yeah, to wrap it up, um, in three years <laughs> we have to vote, you know, for Labour. <laughs> Well, other than you know, <laughs> other than um, Boris Johnson, um, but yeah, and for the university to wrap it up, um, we should you know um, definitely pressure our universities to say 
we need an individual and you know we need a mass reduction for our you know fees 18k for a distance learning university is not fair and we should go on about it because literally the stuff that they're trying to do you know offering um you know online and physical they are both not equal quality but they are the same product they are seeing as but they're not the same product so as a you know um, to conclude i don't know what you think but i think we should all start in some sort of like new movement where we <laughs> a revolution. Are, i mean we should yeah i mean revolution in a way that you know reduction of our fees in this time of the um, pandemic mm-hmm. so anyone listening I mean, you can give us some ideas as well how to start this. I mean, or if you guys have any sort of thing that is started, I'm more than happy to go behind it and I'm more than happy to support it. So please let us know what we should do. Yeah, and I think we'll get back to you. Is, the key here is that we're the student body and similarly, yeah. we're the citizens. I mean, not me per se, but you guys are the citizens of you know, the UK. And yeah. it just all boils down to you raising your voice and trying to present your ideas and advocate for them strongly, whether it be it to your student union or to your government. It just yeah. eventually it's, it's an individual response. So I think on yeah. that note, um, you know, we'd like to conclude this week's podcast. There was a short one yeah. for others, just a mini update on, on what's been going on with university and government in general. And next mm-hmm. week though, we have a really exciting topic planned for you. We're going to be talking about the Beirut explosions and how the not only how the explosion came to be but the years and years of protest by the lebanese people in regard not to years <laughs> well should have been what should have been years should have been years, exactly. but, but exactly. yeah we'll be talking about that i mean there's just the the period of time that they've had of struggle you know against yeah. The government yeah, yeah. and how that's just been fueled by this uh, explosion so to say yeah, I just wanted to be an advocate of the rule and just wanted to, you know, just like, no, yes. Because, I mean, it's, really, it's going to be really interesting. We're going to have conversations on um, about Beirut, Lebanon, and their political state, their economical state. And we're going to have different perspectives um, present. And we're going to talk about very, very interesting points. So I would definitely, you know, tune into the next one. Yeah. So see you guys then. See you guys then. Have a lovely day. Bye.